0: Okay, I have a few announcements before we turn over into Hebrews 11. So that's where we're going to start today, in case you want to go there. First announcement is, uh, no, we weren't able to have midweek this past Wednesday because of the snow and northeasterner and all those things. But this Wednesday, we are going to have a family midweek service. Uh, Ross Lipsoncott, our youth and family leader for the whole church, he's going to be here to teach. And uh, he said, hey, if they want to bring their kids, that would be great because this is going to be a family midweek service. So if you can look forward to that, 7.30 this Wednesday, we're going to be talking about a lot of family dynamics. So it's not just parenting or marriage, it's a family thing. So if you want to come, that would be great. Uh, Again, that's Ross Lippincott will be teaching this Wednesday service. And this Friday, we have a Latin devotional, amen, here, as well as an All New York City Campus devotional, which is going to be happening this Friday as well. So there's a lot going on this weekend. Because on Saturday, there's an all-New York City Edge ministry. Uh, the Boston, for all the singles in the New York City church will be getting together. So that's going to be a great time as well. So there's a lot going on. and I encourage you with that. Uh, at the end of this month, on the 25th, again, we're going to have a meeting for anybody that's like transferring in or moving in to the Bronx region. We want to just help facilitate your moves and make things better. So that's the last Sunday of this month, on the 25th. And uh, today we will have a brief leadership meeting. If you are a uh, mission team leader, we will meet here in the auditorium at 12 o'clock for about 15 minutes. Uh, But I just want to remind you of that. Uh, If you have kids that you have, they can join too. It's not going to be anything intense or nothing weird. It's just going to be a great time of us learning and seeing where we're going forward in the church. Amen. Also, uh, two other things. Uh, Today is uh, the last Sunday. We have Brother... I'm just going to be moving to New Jersey. Trey Selfridge is going to be moving over to New Jersey. Stand up for a minute, Trey. Stand up for a minute, Trey. So uh, he's been here. He's been a great part of the campus ministry. He uh, was a captain of our championship football team uh, in the Bronx. Oh, you want to come back to the winning side, huh? Come back to the, okay. I understand. I would, too, if I was you. That's good. Um, On another note, let's be praying for Vanessa Estrada. Uh, Her father passed away, and so we need to keep her and the family in our prayers. Vanessa, please. Uh, So let's go to God in prayer, and then we're going to jump into our lesson for today. Almighty God, thank you once again for all the many blessings you've given us. We do pray that that you will be with Vanessa and her family. Father, help them through this time. Uh, There are so many things that goes on, Father, and uh, we just pray that you just give them strength and help us to to be the the family that she needs right now, Father, The support, the love, the comfort. Father, we know you are the God of our comfort, and we pray that through us, he can see your love and comfort at this time. Again, please be with Trey as he moves on. Uh, He's still our brother. He still will be hanging around the Bronx here and there, but please help him to continue to do well spiritually as he moves on uh, to New Jersey as well. God, be with our lesson today. Help it to be exactly what we need to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the book of Hebrews, again, it is called the Biblical Hall of Faith. Because there's so many people that it talks about who have done faithful, great accomplishments. And so we've been reading through and taking a look at each of these individuals. Well, today, I want to start at verse 23. We're going to take a look at another man. And it says in Hebrews 11, 23, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and that they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover for the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Today I want to take a look at Moses. Moses was one of the greatest men in the Old Testament. He had the Ten Commandments. He led the Israelites out uh, of slavery. uh, They crossed the Red Sea. Uh, He did so many incredible things. But he's not in the Hall of Faith because he parted the Red Sea. He's not in the Hall of Faith because he had the Ten Commandments. There was something about his lifestyle, who he was, that put him in the Hall of Faith. And I believe he answered several questions about life faithfully. And these very questions I'm going to point out to you because these are the questions we ourselves have to answer. And if we can answer these questions faithfully, we ourselves may find ourselves in the Hall of Faith one day as well up in heaven. Amen? The first question that Moses had to answer faithfully was, who am I? This was an important question. Because we all will have to answer this question. And in Hebrews 11, verse 24, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Who am I? And this is a good question. And it's a good question because we all put on different masks at times. Kind of depending upon who you're around. you think about it, you even answer the phone differently depending upon who's calling. If it's one of your... One of your close friends, you say, hey, what's up, man? Hey, girl, what you doing? If it's one of your long relatives you ain't talked to in a while, you don't even say hello. You just say, hey, you just get on the phone. But if it's somebody you think, a doctor's office or something, hello, yes, may I help you? We even change how we talk to people on the phone. Because there's so many different identities that we try to take on at times. Even when you go to a social setting, whether it's a dinner, whether it's church, whether it's work or school, sometimes we put on a different mask, a different identity for people. We need to understand we can't be somebody else. We just need to be the best at who we are. And that's the key for us to understand. Because sometimes we pretend. What we need to understand, we need to live as a first-rate youth. Instead of a second rate somebody else. That is so important for us to understand. You need to be who you are. God created you with a plan. It says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for you know, I know the plans I have for you, plans because of the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Nobody can be you except you. Moses had to deal with this at an early age. You think about it. He had to deal with the fact of who am I? He had an identity crisis. See, all the Hebrew young boys that were being born were being killed. And so, as all of a sudden, his mom puts him in his papyrus ark and puts him out there in the water and he travels down there. First look over there. Exodus chapter 2. I can tell you about it. Let's just read it. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. Verse 1 says, Now man Of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the Nile along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then her sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Then the child grew older, he took him, into took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. God had chosen Moses. There's way too many coincidences going on here. He put him in a basket, she just happened to be down there bathing, they just happened to find it. My first thought from watching National Geographic, this little baby should have got ate by a Nile crocodile. I mean, there's so many dangers that went on. But yet God had a plan for him. But this left Moses with an identity crisis. Here he is, a Hebrew. He was born a Hebrew, but raised an Egyptian. So he had to decide, who am I? Now this was an important choice because it would determine the rest of his life. If he said, I am an Egyptian and faked his heritage, he would have a life of ease. I mean, he was in line of being Pharaoh someday. He would have an outstanding career, riches, fame, all those things. But if he said, I'm a Hebrew, then he would be humiliated, kicked out of the palace, have to go into a life of slavery. He had a choice. Do I respond faithfully and say, I'm a Hebrew, and if I go into slavery, God, I'll trust. This is what you determined for my life. Or does he respond faithlessly and say, you know what, I'm an Egyptian and just enjoy the pleasures of the world, even as he's watching his blood relatives be slaves, beat, and killed. It was a choice. Faithfully, I'm a Hebrew. And if I have to work for a living, then that's your will, God, and I will work hard. Or, I'm an Egyptian. And you know what? Whatever happens to all those other people just happens to them. See, he had to make a faithful choice of who am I. But this isn't just for Moses to make that choice. This is the kind of choice you and I have to make every day. Every day. You wake up and you honestly have to say, am I going to be a son or daughter of God? Or am I going to be engulfed in the world? Am I going to be light and people feel good about me? You have to choose who am I every day of your life. This is what it talks about in Galatians 5, verse 16 and 17. Galatians 5, verse 16 and 17. We'll come back to Hebrews, but I mean Exodus, but Galatians 5, 16 and 17. It says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. Every day we choose, do I live by the Spirit of God? Do I live and act like a child of God? Or do I live by the sinful nature and do the things the world wants me to do? Moses had a choice, but he was a man of character. And because his character was faithful, he chose to do what God wanted him to do. In Hebrews 11, verse 24, it says, Moses... By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It says he refuses. The word in the Greek literally means to reject or to deny. He rejected and denied being Pharaoh's son. Instead, he wanted to be what God designed for him to be. Now, there's something exciting and fulfilling about being what God wants you to be. But that takes faith. That takes faith. The quickest way to get an ulcer is to try to be something you're not. When you're trying to be something you're not, it stresses you out. You get insecure. You get frustrated. If you want a, a life that's effective, we need to be what God called for us to be. And see, that's why Moses was able to live a faithful life. He trusted God. He trusted God's plan. God says, I have a plan for you to prosper you, not to harm you. And he trusted God's plan. And it says in verse 25, Hebrews 11, 25. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. It says he chose that. Nobody told the forum he made that decision. chose literally means to select or decide. So the first thing we see about Moses that made him the faithful man in the hall of faith is that he answered the question, who am I? Guys, this is a question we all must answer. You're going to have to answer tomorrow morning when you wake up. When you walk out that door, you've got to say, who am I? Am I a child of God? Am I a man or woman of God? Or am I just like everybody else in the world? This is a choice we're going to have to make. The second question Moses had to answer faithfully was this. Will I take responsibility for my life? Will I take responsibility for my life? He had to faithfully answer that question. Again, in verse 25, he says, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasure of the sin for a short time. You know, we can't blame anybody else for our lives or our actions. The fact is, you have choices to make about your life. And your choices will determine what your future will be. See, in Hebrews 11, 24, Moses refused. And then in verse 25, it says, then he chose. He refused, and then he chose. There was a negative followed by a positive, and that's how it works. There's things that we have to say no to in order to get blessings from. It's important for us to make a decision, okay, this is what I need to see. I need to make a choice in my life. I need to have responsibility. First of all, God told him when he was a little baby, and then later on as he grew up, he chose God. God chose him, he chose God. The question for you right now is, are you choosing God today? You may be even visiting here with us. The question is, are you going to leave making a choice, I want to be committed to God. You may already be a disciple for 10, 15, 20 years, but you're at a critical point right now that you still need to choose God. It doesn't matter how long you've been around the church, Satan is still going to come after you, but you still have to choose God Every single day. That's what it's talking about. Deny yourself and carry your cross daily. Because this is a choice that we have to make every single day of our lives. This is a mark of maturity. When you start to mature, you start to make those choices quickly and faithfully to God. See, Moses could have blamed his mother. If she hadn't put me in that basket, my life wouldn't be like this. I wouldn't have to make a choice if it wasn't for my mother. He could have blamed his stepfather. He's so busy ruling the country. He didn't spend any time with me growing up. He's out there telling these slaves what to do. Why isn't he spending time with his son? He could have blamed the people. I tried to help them. I even tried to help them when they got into a fight, but they wouldn't listen to me. They don't even want me. They reject me. So I don't even know if I want to be here. If they don't like me. I shouldn't be around here. Maybe I should go somewhere else. See, when a person's immature, they start to blame everybody else in their life. They don't take responsibility. And what happens is, at a young age, if you don't take responsibility, even though you physically may grow up, emotionally emotionally and mentally, you don't grow up. You stay at that same age. If you're 19 years old and you refuse to take responsibility, you're going to be a 43-year-old refusing to take responsibility. Moses made a decision, I'm going to take responsibility. If I choose this, then that's the way I'm going to go, but it's my choice. We, each of us, need to look and say, i got to take responsibility. It is my choice. See, here's a fact. Satan can't make you do anything. He can tempt you, but he can't make you do it. That is, that is a lie when people say, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do nothing. He may have put a temptation out there, and you chose to do that temptation. So the devil can't make you do anything, and God loves you too much to hurt you. So if Satan can't do it, and God won't do it, the only person that can mess up your life is you. It is so important that we first of all choose who am I going to be. And then secondly, we take responsibility for our lives. And I say this, guys, because I don't know everybody here, but I know people in general, our country, people do not take responsibility. They want to blame everybody else. For what's going on in their lives. You have to take responsibility. The third question that Moses faithfully answered was this. What's really important in my life? This is what you got to ask. What is really important in my life? Look at our Hebrews 11 verse 26. It says, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking forward, looking ahead to his reward. What's really important in your life? See, this isn't something we can just say, oh, this is, real quick. we got to really think about this. What is really important in your life? Moses, it says Moses regarded. That word literally means to weigh in a balance, to consider the options, to evaluate the work. So he sat down and evaluated the riches, the treasures, the fame of being Pharaoh's son in Egypt, or being what God wants him to be. I can have one or the other. And he chose what God wanted him to be. He said, this is of greater value than all the treasures of Egypt. Following God was greater than all the treasures of Egypt. Now, why am I spending time on this? Here it is. I discovered that if you don't determine what's valuable in your life, somebody else is going to determine what's valuable in your life. If you don't make a decision, what do I want to spend my time on, Somebody else is going to make that decision for you. It got quiet because y'all know I'm telling the truth here. And let me, let me tell you something. Because a lot of times we can be indecisive. We can't make a decision. We're not sure what's going on. About five seconds later, you realize somebody else has made that decision for you. Where should we go today? What do you want to do? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody else, real quick. Let's go do this. The decision is going to be made for you if you don't make the decision yourself. So you got to decide what is important in my life. What is it that I value? The world has this standard. And the things that the world goes after is three different things. Pleasure, things that make them feel good. Possession, I want this, this, and that. And power, I want to be famous, I want to have influence. Pleasure, possessions, and power is what the world chases after. Now if you look at this, Moses had all three of those. The pleasures of Egypt, the possessions, The power, he had all that already. So in the world's eyes, he's already made it. But he said, you know what? That is useless. That has no value to me because I'm looking ahead and realizing what my eternal life, what my salvation, what is going to happen in the long run? How long would those possessions and power and fame last in comparison to doing what God wants us to do? We've got to understand We've got to make some decisions about what is really important to us. In Psalms eighty-four, verse ten. Psalms eighty four verse ten it says, Better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. One day with God in heaven is better than a thousand elsewhere. Now think about that. You know they have this publisher's clearinghouse house. You can get five thousand dollars a week for the rest of your life. Say so you got that, five thousand dollars a week, rest of your life, or you can be in heaven. Which would you do? He makes it clear for us. Moses said, I got all this money. And it wasn't a little bit, because you gotta remember, when they left Egypt, they just took everything from them. So now they had so much they made a gold calf, they had all kind of temp. I mean they was using that gold for a year, 40 years worth of gold. That's how much Moses had at his disposal. That was all his, because he was in line. And he said that is worthless compared to being what God wants me to be. Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-four. It tells us something here that, that Moses knew, but it's very, very clear. Matthew six twenty-four. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He makes it very clear. It's going to be one or the other. And we got to respond faithfully. Why are we talking about the special mission contribution? Because it shows our value system. How much do I value the kingdom? What we're doing now is setting things up for our kids, our grandkids, our great-grandkids, our great-great-grandkids, and their life. Do we value that? What do we want to leave for our children? This is why we need to share our faith now. See, if the whole New York City church was based upon your evangelism, where would the church be? If it was, a whole church was based upon your weekly contribution, where would the church be? See, we gotta think, what am I leaving for the next generation? Moses realized this was an important thing to do. And he made three decisions. One, God's purpose is more valuable than popularity. God's purpose is more valuable than popularity. This is what he talked about. Again in Hebrews eleven twenty-four. By faith, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Did that mean something, the son of Pharaoh's daughter? Heck yeah, that was huge. But he said, you know what, I don't even want that title because it's more important for me to do what God wants than for me to be popular. Now talk about this, but we need to especially see this as not just for the teenagers and campus students because we could be sitting at work and more concerned about how people view us this is not just a team lesson here or campus lesson. But still, being said, too often we are more concerned with what people think of us than what God thinks. Sometimes people say they're Christian and won't even pray when they're out to eat so Because somebody may see them. You gotta understand what is more important? God or how the world views you. Moses also realized something else: that God's people are more valuable than pleasure. Again, in verse 25. It says he chose to be mistreated along with God, the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He, had all, he could have had all the women he wanted, all the money. He could have had people giving him manicures and pedicures for the rest of his life. But as he's getting his manicure and pedicure, he would have looked out and saw his people working out there, building pyramids in the heat, getting whipped, getting beat. And he says, you know what? I need to be out there instead of here. These pleasures may feel good right this minute, but do I have to live with a seared, hard conscience the rest of my life? I I can stay here, but I know that I belong out there. I belong in the battle with my people instead of up here. See, too many times people choose the things of the world, and they don't even think about how it affects their people. Third thing Moses realizes, God's peace is more valuable than possessions. God's peace is more valuable than possessions. You know, what, what if your employer came to you and says, I'm going to give you a promotion, and I'm going to double your salary. I just need you to work Sunday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can take Tuesdays and Thursdays off, but I need you every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I need you for nine hours each of those days. Would you say, Sure. I'll try to change my mission team group to Tuesdays and Thursdays. That way I can do that. Or would you say, what he's calling me to will take me away from God and God's people. Even though I can make more money, I can have a better position, it's going to hurt me and God. Which one's more valuable to you? In Luke 12, verse 15, Jesus said, Luke 12, 15, then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Jesus said, watch out for greed. You know, we can be greedy right now. We can all live a life of greed. The problem is, so many have so much to live on and so little to live for. That's the problem. We have a whole lot to live on and nothing to live for. It's important that we look at our value system and determine what is best in God's life. Now... We look at this, we say, well that is so hard, it's so hard Mr. Preacher, don't you understand? Well let's look at Moses and see, was his situation hard? He had all kind of obstacles in his way. Can you imagine trying to transport over two million people from one country across a Red Sea to another country? They grumbling, they complaining, they got the kids, they got the sheep, they got the goats, they got all these animals. And your job, you by yourself, is to take a couple of million people across the desert, across the sea, to the other side, while convincing the Pharaoh to let them go, which is going to destroy his life. You're talking about hardship. That's a, that's a hard challenge right there. That's even tougher than finding the, the right bus to catch them on the way to work. But here's the same Moses: The choice he made when he was a young man cost him the next 80 years of his life. Because he had to go off for 40 years. And when he returned to set the slaves free, they had to wander for another 40 years. So his decision when he was younger cost him the next 80 years of his life. So you've got to look at this. I'm sure Moses was saying every morning, God, when is it going to happen? God, when is your promise going to be fulfilled? God, when is it going to come? I'm sure God was like, just wait, Moses. Well, when is it going to happen? Just wait, Moses. For 80 years, he waited. You know what faith is? Faith is being able to wait upon the Lord until he answers your call. The difference between maturity and immaturity, we're we're discovering this with our kids. To be able to tell the difference between no and not yet. That's a big difference. See, even your prayers, the answer may not always be no. It may just be not yet. God, when are you going to give me a man? When are you going to give me a woman? The answer is no, it's just not yet. Oh, you see, I, I just felt that come over me for a minute here. I a lot of heat come over here. When my child going to start acting right? The answer is no, it's just not yet. Why? Because God is telling you to raise the child you have, not the child you want. That's why the answer is no. Moses is in the hall of faith because of his faith in God. And it showed in his life. It wasn't just because you crossed the Red Sea or had the Ten Commandments. We have all done or will do one or two great accomplishments. That doesn't put you in the Hall of Faith because of one or two things. It's the life you live that puts you in the Hall of Faith. The trials you encounter, you determine your value system. You determine, am I going to take responsibility? You determine, who am I? These are the things that will put you in the Hall of Faith. And this is exactly what Moses did. When you break it down, he answered the question, who am I? And it was clear. He wanted to be a man of God. He asked the question, will I take responsibility for my life? He didn't blame Pharaoh, his mom, the people. He didn't blame anybody else. He took responsibility for his life. And then thirdly, he had to make a decision, what do I value the most? And when it came down to it, he said, you know, the pleasures of sin, all the possessions, all the things, those things are going to be short-lived. What's really important is being a man or a woman of God. Truly, each of us needs to look today and make a decision. I need to answer these three questions faithfully. And if I can do that, then me, my relationship with God is where God wants it to be. Not where somebody tells me it should be. I was born in a Christian home. My mom and dad are Christians. Great for them. But it needs to be your decision to be a man or woman of God, not based on your parents. I love you. Let's look at Moses. Let's live a faithful life. And to God be the glory. Amen.